0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: 26 innings from the bullpen in a three-game series, a series you've got to win. How's that going to go? I hear you cry. Well, actually, uh, surprisingly well. No, it wasn't a clean sweep in SoCal, but two out of three made it a 6-2 road trip, and the Sox will take it. What well, was an eight-game wild card deficit is now chopped down to five. And home they come, as down the stretch they come. The series recap from Anaheim Downs is straight ahead now. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out
0: what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox
1: Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. pitchers used in Anaheim top to bottom. I know some of the same ones over and over and over but follow me here. I mean it all started with Vivaldi, and then it went to Taylor and Walden and Barnes and Brazier and Workman and Hernandez and Kashner. Then Taylor again to start a game believe it or not. Then Walden and Johnson and Barnes and Brazier and Smith then Price off the injured list to Lakins to Weber to Velazquez to Barnes to Workman. Doesn't that sound exhausting? It, it was, just watching it. But we're going to get to it here. Josh Lewin with you. We're going to break it down brick by brick, day by day. And uh, it was what they needed to do. I know 8-0 would have been better than 6-2 and 2 on a West Coast road trip. It wasn't all West Coast, unless we missed a memo, a memo on continental drift, because Denver, I don't think, is very close to a West Coast. But they called it a West Coast road trip, and 6-2 and 2 in any other measure is fine. But you have a long way to go and a short time to get there, as we keep quoting Smokey and the Bandit. And they did chop it down from uh, seven and a half games to five games deficit-wise. So that's the good news. The bad news is there are only 25 games to go and not one team to chase down. It's at least two. That right there is the problem. So as we kept an eye on Tampa Bay and Cleveland and Oakland, it helped that Tampa Bay and Cleveland were head-to-head. You figured one could throw a knockout punch at the other, and that happened. Tampa Bay swept Cleveland. Oakland won on Friday but then lost to the Yankees on Saturday and Sunday. And in this crazy cosmic nonsense we've got going right now, it was a weekend of rooting for the Yankees. Seriously. When Mike Ford hit a walk-off, pinch-hit home run, the only Yankee rookie ever to have a walk-off, pinch-hit home run. Crazy as that sounds. It was actually cause for confetti. So, as the Red Sox now get to a little bit closer to where they want to be, let's do that thing where we just go brick by brick, as we said, and uh, we'll take you back here to Friday. You ready for that? Here's what you need to know from game one of three in Anaheim, a game that took 15 innings and around five and a half hours. So the Friday game, really quite something, as the Red Sox had entered playing very, very, very good baseball. The hitters all doing what they're supposed to. Mookie Betts, Bobby Devers, Andrew Bogart, J.D. Martinez, top of the order. Extra base hits for those four, by the way, last year in a three-game series with the Angels totaled. 13 of them between those four. Mookie bets five of those, including a three-home run game. Right after he had had that fix-em-up session where he first kind of fell in love with launch angle. That was on an off day in Anaheim last year. And then he tried it out in the game for the first time, Led off with a home run, hit three home runs total. So what did Mookie do leading off the game Friday? Yes, sir. He hit a home run. It 22nd of the year, and that only started a crazy night. A double play from J.D. Martinez would kill a rally in that first inning. Maybe second inning could have been bigger. Sam Travis, a leadoff walk. And by the way, that would be the only walk for about four hours and 45 minutes for the Red Sox going forward. Benintendi hit by a pitch. It was two on, nobody out. Vasquez hits into a double play. Brock Holt, at the very least, singles in a run to make it 2 nothing and then he gets stranded. Would you believe that there was a point in this game that would be the only runner left on base over a stretch of 14 innings for Boston? Insane. As a matter of fact, at one point in this thing, left on base tally was 14 for the Angels, one for the Red Sox. It ended up being 16-4 to at the very end. But a lot happened between that and the other J.D. Martinez in the third inning actually made it a four nothing Boston lead with a 400 foot home run to left field 33rd of the season and last 35 games now for J.D. leads the major leagues in OPS and in batting average pretty insane and in fact since the start of last year his OPS is over a thousand and on this road trip well you're talking about a guy that's driven in 16 runs in six games that is catching fire at the right time Nate Evaldi was looking very, very strong in this one, but then started leaking oil in the fourth inning, just like what happened to him in San Diego. So even though he had struck out eight in four innings, and that is a season high, they decided to go to the bullpen in the fifth, and that would end up being a costly maneuver. By the way, of all these career high in strikeouts, I couldn't believe this when I saw it. There's it only 10. With his stuff and knowing that he has been a starter with the Dodgers and Marlins and other teams, I would have thought he had a 12 or a 14 or something like that at some point, but uh, nope, 10 is the ultimate high. Eight this year is the high-water mark. But done after four innings, in comes Josh Taylor, who had been 12 straight games without allowing a run. That would change because he messed around with the bottom of the order. Luis Renjifo, 239 batter, a single to lead off, and then a 140 hitter, Max Stassi, draws a walk to make a two-on, nobody out. Brian Goodwin walks and you got bases loaded, nobody out for Mike Trout, which is suboptimal. However, fighting back from 2-0 in the count, Josh Taylor actually got Trout to pop out. And then Shohei Ohtani would hit into a fielder's choice. You're thinking, maybe they can wiggle out of it. Maybe they'll Houdini this nonsense. Ohtani, by the way, would end up 0 for 8 with 8 left on base in this game by the end. But Poo holes against Marcus Walden. Rams won in a center field, 2 runs score. It's now a 4-3 game at the end of five. Red Sox get it back. They get two runs in on the top of the sixth. Got an RBI double from J.D. Got Andrew Benintendi back in the lineup hitting a sack fly. So you're still feeling pretty good here. It is six to 6-3 all the way through the seventh inning stretch. Brian Goodwin hits his second home run of the game. And that tilts it back a little bit. So now you're talking 6-4, to four, but okay. Take it to the ninth. And uh, even though Ryan Brazier had struggled a bit and Barnes had had to come on and, and do some mop-up, Brandon Workman had to get one extra out in the eighth inning. You turn it over to Workman for the ninth up two runs and you're feeling fine. Well, here's the problem. Brandon Workman, even though he's got the opponent's batting average of just one twenty-three, had to face some very tough hitters. And walking Goodwin and Trout right away set up something for failure. And uh, when Otani banged into a fielder's choice, it's first and third, you get Albert Pujols to hit into a double play, you win the game. Well, 0-2 the count, and keeping in mind that Workman had not allowed a hit on 0-2 all year, Pujols just kind of flicks one to right, so you know that one run's going to score. But then J.D. Martinez has the ball basically squirt right through his legs. It went five-hole on one hop, and another run comes in to score. So now you're looking at 6-6, six to six, and you're staring daggers at the dugout, wondering why Alex Cora didn't bring Jackie Bradley Jr. in for defense, he would say after the game, with it being a two-run spread, he wanted J.D.'s bat still in there just in case. It, had it been a three-run spread, he would have made that move. But uh, very Dave Stapleton, Bill Buckner in the, in the ninth inning there. couple of walks, a wild pitch. It's a bases-loaded situation again. Then you get all super nervous. Workman works out of it. It stays tied 6-6 at the end of nine. Red Sox had a stretch from the end of the sixth inning, deep into extra innings where they went 0-20 for at one point. So they were generating nothing. And everybody's still stewing about Workman giving it up with the J.D. Martinez error not helping. But just to go back to that for a second, I mean, Workman, for the year, two strikes, eight for 136 had been what we had been looking at before the hit by Pujols. That's an 0-59 batting average. And we mentioned first time he'd given up a hit on 0-2 all year. So, all right, we'd all kind of calmed down about how that got things past the ninth, to the 10th, to the 11th, to the 12th, 13th. 14th inning, uh, a little bit of a ripple. that The Angels had a threat, but they did not score. Andrew Kashner pitched out of it. He would end up being the winning pitcher in this game. And not for nothing, since he's been in the bullpen, he's actually been really very good. Jackie Bradley Jr., the one threat that the Red Sox put together in the 14th inning. Would you believe he got picked off of second base? It was uh, two on in that inning with only one out. Jackie gets picked off, and the inning just kind of uh, implodes at that point. So we march to the 15th inning, and Kashner's still doing his thing, so you're, you're just hoping somebody can break through, and it would be Mookie with his second home run of the game, now this one off of the veteran Trevor Cahill. So make it six home runs in his last five games at Angel Stadium. Mookie putting the team on top, finally, 7-6. to six. And then it's to Kaschner to basically save his own win. And let's put this in perspective. When the acquisition was made, Kaschner traded over. He was supposed to be subbing in for Nate Aldi. And how weirdly poetic you're talking about West Coast baseball in L.A. looking to come on in the 12th inning and pitch and pitch and pitch. That's how Nate Aldi got rich this offseason, right? The sixth inning starting in the 12th in the World Series game last year. And Kaschner essentially did a mini of It was four innings, and he never did give up a walk-off to Max Muncy. Instead, he got out of a mild threat in the bottom of the 15th inning. Red Sox hang on to win. They got out hit. There were 16 runners left on base for the Angels, only four for the Red Sox. In a game that took five hours, 23 minutes, finally, docks the boat with a victory, which got the the Red Sox at that point to 11 games over .500. And all it did on Friday was keep pace because the the Oakland A's had won convincingly and Tampa Bay had beaten Cleveland. And it's funny, the game ended at 3.31 a.m. East Coast time. The legendary World Series game, three game that everybody stayed up late for, that one ended at 3.30 a.m. So this one actually one minute later than the last time everybody was peeking at somebody uh, like a native Aldi or Andrew Kashner going super super deep in extra innings, great win it certainly wasn 't an easy win. Alex Cora spoke to the media after the game
0: i mean uh pitchcon was getting up there uh, they were putting good at bats, and obviously we want him we want to extend him, but at the same time, you know uh, we got to take care of today and uh, I, I felt like that was enough you know we were uh, well rested <laughs> to say the least and uh, i felt very comfortable that we were going to get the rest of the game you know get the odds and move on you know uh, later that i know we were gonna it was going to take fifteen innings and and uh... uh... uh a great effort by cashner K- uh, and for uh, from darwinson uh... to give us all those innings and uh, but hey it is what it is you know um... He, he feels good he made some adjustments the stuff was a lot better and looking forward for him to to uh, pitch on Thursday against the Twins.
1: That game was such a, a second-guessers paradise. I mean, there were so many moves that a manager had to make and decide. Can you walk us through the decision to not sub in your defensive replacements in the, in the ninth inning? You left J.D. Martinez out there, and uh, what was the thought process?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're playing in an era that uh, a fly ball is a home run. So um, we're a walk away in a fly ball from them to tie in the game. If we were up by three, I was going to uh, take him out, but up to, it's, especially where they were in the lineup, you know, you got Trout and all those guys. It's kind of tough to, like, you don't want to think negative, but you got to be prepared. And, uh, you know, that kid is leading the league in, in home runs, and uh, Goodwin was having a good game. So, you know, we walk in, they hit a fly ball, it's a home run, and then people were going to be asking why we took J.D. Martinez out of the game. And that's the beauty of this game. Uh you know this game is not black and white you know it's 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 always uh people see the game differently and uh you respect that you know and uh we made a decision and uh, i think you know it gets overblown that it, jd made an error i think you know the game was kind of like spinning spinning fast on us before that but uh it is what it is and we have to move on
1: yeah cashner 11 and 7 with the victory and mookie bets with the two home runs i guess those are the highlights jd martinez with the double and the home run and three runs batted in, just an unconscious road trip. And uh, I think a little bit underreported, underappreciated, what J.D.'s been all about as he joins the ranks of uh, the 300 hitters with 30 homers, 90 runs batted in. The Sox have all three of those in the American League right now, Bogarts and Devers being the others. But he's mashing against lefties. That's nothing new. 398 batting average with 16 of his 33 home runs against lefties. And at the end of action on Friday, You're talking about six games on the road trip, 11 for 26, and 15 runs batted in. So you're looking for the carryover into Saturday, J.D. and company. And as Alex Cora mentioned, it was going to have to be all hands on deck pitching-wise. A little bit of a surprise that Josh Taylor would come right back and do that, but that was the plan anyway, heading into Saturday. Get an inning out of him, get three out of Brian Johnson, three out of Josh Smith, and see where it goes from there. All right, you guys ready to hear how it went from there? Let's turn the page. Let's get you from Friday to Saturday with the interstitial swoosh. You ready? Swoosh. Hi, we're back. Uh, the Saturday game started out well, all things considered. It would end with a bit of a moist thud, but uh, we'll give you the deets here as best we can. Red Sox took an early lead. Mookie was involved yet again, and J.D. Martinez was involved yet again. It's funny, because this year, it's the team MVP derby between Devers and Bogarts. But those guys, not, not much happening in this series. It was last year's derby, Betts and Martinez. Those two guys really carried the mail. J.D., RBI double in the first. He'd have an RBI double in the third. Just an insane road trip for him. He was on base four times Saturday. A little bit of a scare. Last time he was up... He conked knees with Andrelton Simmons and limped off the field. We were all very worried about that, but he came right back to DH anyway on Sunday. It would be a 4-3 lead going into the bottom of the eighth inning, and Ryan Brazier, unfortunately, just had a nuclear meltdown, and it was kind of old-school Angels baseball. If you go back to their World Series year of 2002, they would beat you with assembly line precision, just one base hit after another, David Eckstein and all those guys Uh, Scott Spezio and Troy Gloss. Yeah, the occasional home run. Albert Pujols hit the three-run home run eventually, but before that, it was single, 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 double. An intentional walk, another single. Pujols barely got one out off Josh Smith, and that, for Albert Pujols, cemented a really good, I mean, a a flashback kind of series for him. He ended up with seven hits in the series, now 14th all-time ahead of Cal Ripken. He's third all-time in runs batted in. I mean, what more do you have to to know about Albert Pujols. Mike Trout didn't do much in this series. Shohei Otani did nothing in this series. But uh, Pujols and company made it a a very tricky Saturday night. It was not a lot of fun to report. As uh, Anaheim, or excuse me, Los Angeles, rallies for the 10-4 win with the seven-run eighth inning. And uh, Mookie Betts, obviously, as we said, among the highlights at least, he was on base four times, had a stolen base and a sack fly, and is still on pace now for more than 140 runs this year. it will be only the second Red Sox ever to do that. Ted Williams, as you may know, is the other. So uh, that was that, and uh, then you, you turn the page because you have to. You have to find a way with the roster reinforcements coming in on Sunday, and, oh, there were roster reinforcements. Oh, my God, were there roster reinforcements. Now, the Angels brought six new guys in. At least the, the Red Sox had the good sense to only bring in five. And we'd seen most of them before. Juan Centeno, we had not seen. He's a number three catcher now. Ryan Weber, we've seen. Hector Velazquez, we know all about. Trevor Lakens came back up. Gorky's Hernandez not only came up, he got the start over Jackie Bradley Jr. And that kind of frosted some people's flakes. Because JBJ on this road trip has been electric. Uh, and, you know, five home runs in his last seven games, matter of fact. And he's a gold glove. And he's a big game player. We saw that in the ALCS last year. He was the MVP of that. And I know he hasn't been hitting lefties very well this year. In fact, it's a 130 batting average on the road. But Andrew Heaney, a guy with reverse splits, starting for the Angels. Lefties actually hit 290 against him. So some of us were a little perplexed to see Gorky's Hernandez starting in center field. And he had a very mediocre game at best. This is a guy that had 146 strikeouts at Pawtucket, most ever by a Paw Sox right-hander ever. This is a Venezuelan named for a Russian socialist. I'm not kidding. Named uh, Maxim Gorky. And as we said on the air, researching a little bit of Maxim Gorky, his famous line was, be considerate of every man. Who knows what's in him? Why he was born? What he can do. As it turned out, he did very little. But there were enough other guys doing big things. It was Mookie again, singled and scored in the first inning. And it looked like maybe the makings of a big inning, after Xander Bogartz had knocked him in, Sam Travis, though, rammed into a double play. Travis was batting fifth the entire series, and that was another head-scratcher. I mean, I don't hate Sam Travis. I had nothing against him, but he ends up with a one-for-15 road trip, and he was batting fifth in the order the whole time. You know, you got Betts, Devers, Bogarts, Martinez, and then Sam Travis. It's just, I mean, what a precipitous fall that is. But crazily... The Angels kept pitching to J.D. Martinez, a guy hitting in front of Sam Travis, and J.D. a walk, a home run, finally an intentional walk after they learned their lesson on Sunday. But how about this road trip for J.D. Martinez? 14 for 31. He had six home runs and he had oh 19 runs batted in in eight games. He's got a history of big second halves. If you look at his OPS the last three years after the All Star break, it's 11.23. 1,021, 1,027. I mean, those are killer Hall of Fame kind of numbers. So Xander Bogarts in this game, he had three hits, single, double, home run. That home run, his 31st of the year, he's up to 103 runs batted in, and that ties a career high. Devers, a two-for-four day on Sunday, as the Sox would end up winning it 4-3. to three. We'll get to the, the snappy ending of it in a moment, but uh, Devers... Has had It's been a weird month. I mean, he's had a couple of 0-for-15s, had an 0-for-11 into the game Sunday, but then hit a couple of baseballs hard, ended up with two hits on the day. So you've got Devers maybe going back home, getting a chance to go the other way, double off the monster and whatnot. He's got 48 doubles for the year. Bogarts has 48 doubles for the year. Xander's going to do something pretty special. The only shortstop as of right now with 50 doubles and 30 home runs in a season is A-Rod, did that in 1996. Xander is two away. No Red Sox players ever had a 57-double season, and both Bogarts and Devers just might get there, 25 games to go. So this game, which was a 4 nothing Red Sox lead, it dwindled to 4-3, to and this was a problem all weekend, where the Red Sox would score a lot early and then just power nap after that. It was another game where it was actually 4 nothing in the third, and they never would score again. It was the only time, though, with that three-run third inning in all the innings that the Red Sox had. Remember, 15 of them Friday, 18 more Saturday, Sunday. So it combined 33 innings of work. And the only three-run inning was that third inning on Sunday. It would end up being enough because the bullpen docked the boat. David Price came back off the injured list, and we expected 80 pitches. He was done at 45. Uh, Travis Lakins came on, and there were some nervous moments there, but he gave the team two innings and allowed just one run. Then Ryan Weber with that sinker was really strong. Hector Velazquez started out looking like it was going to be an absolute mess, but then he found it. He had a little help. He had a line drive that whistled right into the glove of a disbelieving Sam Travis at first, and that turned into a double play. And then the best pitch he threw the entire game was a slider that struck out poo holes and ended the threat in the seventh. Matt Barnes came on immediately, Justin Upton homered against him to break out of his Upton funk. And for Barnes, it is a funky four home runs allowed in his last ten innings of work. But he rallied. He got Cole Calhoun, Angelton Simmons, and Luis Renjifo. So it stayed 4-3 into the ninth to call on Brandon Workman. He did hit Mike Trout with a pitch with two out, but then he got Brian Goodwin on a curveball to end it. So there you go. 4-3, the final. Let's hear from some heroes. Why not? Uh, who do you want to start with you guys got a thought should we do the the guy that got the save yeah Brandon Workman usually a man of very few words was able to meet with us after the game boy I I tell you what Brandon you guys in that bullpen deserve so much credit seven innings total out of the, the starting rotation in this series I know you guys were on red alert the whole time that's a great team win isn't it
0: yeah it was a great team win you know guys like you said we threw a lot of innings this time or this series but we threw the ball well for the most part
1: Brandon, you have been so used so often in this series, in this season. Uh, how do you keep enough gas in the tank to get these big outs?
0: Uh, just trying to maintain my work um, away from the mound, you know, in the weight room, training room, all that kind of stuff. Try to have myself feeling good as often as possible.
1: You've been so amazing finishing off hitters. Pujols finally got you with two strikes on Friday, and we were stunned because that that doesn't happen. Do do you track that the way we do? I mean, us nerds up here in the booth, we look at your two strikes batting average at something like 0.55. It's amazing. Is that something you look at too?
0: Uh, No, not really, but I just know, you know, when I get two strikes, I'm trying to put guys away, and, uh, you know, Pujols got me. I kind of left the curveball up for him, and he did a good job of hitting it. But um, yeah, it's just something trying to make, execute pitches with your strikes. Brandon, this is uh, such an important time of the year. Every single win
1: matters. You know that the Yankees came back to beat the Athletics. Maybe you don't know that, but you get a chance to make up ground on them. Six and two coming out west. You got to feel good about the week.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, we came out here and um, took care of business on the road trip, and um, it's something we got to keep riding when we um, go
1: back home. Fantastic win, buddy. Thanks so much for your time. All right, thank you. I appreciate Brandon Workman. Nineteen innings out of the bullpen in the previous two games. And then in this game Sunday, you needed seven more. But it somehow worked out. So now you look at it, and the Sox are back to within five. And they're starting to win some games when they don't score eight runs nine runs i mean they scored four runs on sunday they had been 10 and 46 going into the weekend when scoring four runs or fewer but this time four is enough they get it done and they are heading home alex cora talking to the media about all that after the game no
0: i mean i thought he we were we were thinking three but then the effort and obviously hasn't pitched in a while and, uh, you know, it was kind of like a tough day. And, you see, it's tough. Although we got the pitching on up, I didn't feel too comfortable just pushing him. Um, There's a guy that we really need for what we are going to accomplish. So, you know, hey, we took a gamble. You know, we took him out. Um, he'll be ready for the next one. But um, that was on me. But he didn't come out because his wrist was bothering not No, no, all. No, no. Did you see, you know, you had talked about the command having been, you know, did you see command even if you didn't see power today? I actually haven't, I haven't seen the the video. It looked from where I was. Like he wasn't missing by it that much, you know. Uh, There's some close pitches from where I was on the outside edges of the strike zone, so, you know, it was a step to the right, uh, on the right direction. Once you get past Price, you know, you've got 21 outs to account for after a lot this over this weekend. How much of a grind is a game like that? It's a grind, but it's a testament of uh, baseball ops and our minor league system, you know, for... Every negative that we hear about us, you know, um, last year there were some guys that step up and help us to win a World Series, and this year they're going to have to step up and help us to get to where we're going. Um, I mean, they did an outstanding job. We've been getting feedback from these guys, and we know that they're going to be a p- big part of it. So whatever noise is out there about our organization, uh, you look around the league, you know, you look at them, you look at Tampa. Uh, there's a few guys, I think, in San Francisco, too, that, you know, they help us to win a World Series, you know, because they were big pieces, and these guys today, they step up and help All
1: right. Thanks to the manager. And as the Sox get home, it is a very challenging homestand. I mean, the Minnesota Twins and their gazillion home runs come in. They have hit more home runs this year than the entire major leagues did in 1908. Just throwing that out there. After Minnesota, it's the Yankees. We all know what the Yankees did to the Red Sox last time they got together. When you look at what Cleveland's got and when you look at what Oakland has now and Tampa Bay, the teams they're playing collectively this coming week, yeah, the Twins, but also the White Sox, the Orioles, Toronto, and Detroit. So in terms of who's got the the worst schedule this coming week by far, it's the Red Sox, but... They were eight games out of the wild card picture just a couple of weeks ago. Now it's five. I said all along, if they could get back home and, and the number started with a four, four or four and a half out, I, I would feel pretty decent. Well, they almost got there. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, won't you? Five out. But a lot of things have to happen right now. And at the very least, you've got Porcello and Eddie Rodriguez pitching better, and they'll get the games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Erod, 16-5. and five. He is second in the American League right now in wins, 3.97. He's been really, really good of late. And Porcello, at least, has been better of late. So uh, that's the story as the Red Sox do take two out of three and six out of eight on the road trip. Uh, more roster reinforcements on the way. But the important thing is right now they've won 11 out of 15 and they are gaining ground, not losing ground. Appreciate you listening. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, we're going to go for the rest of the year. It's not too late. Go to iTunes to get it done. Give us a favorable review if you wouldn't mind. They're starting up the bus. I got to go. This is Josh Lewin. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?